Welcome to Life in Balance. I'm Ken Miles, pastor of Kitchener-Waterloo Christian Fellowship. We all know that life can be hectic, and sometimes its demands can pull us off balance. The good news is that God has given practical insights in His Word for keeping life on an even keel, despite the pressures we may face. This program is designed to help us understand and apply God's wisdom in our everyday lives. Good Monday, everyone. I hope you had a good weekend and you're ready to face this new week. We have been talking about forgiveness, this third aspect of Christ's life that he wants to manifest through us. And I ended Friday's program by reading to you a writing that's called Judge Gently. And I want to read it again because it sets the stage for what I would like to say today. It simply says, Pray don't find fault with the man who limps or stumbles along the road, unless you have worn the shoes he wears or struggled beneath his load. There may be tacks in his shoes that hurt, though hidden away from view, or the burden he bears, placed on your back, might cause you to stumble too. Don't sneer at the man who's down today, unless you have felt the blow that caused his fall or felt the shame that only the fallen know. You may be strong, but still the blows that were his, if dealt to you, in the self-same way, at the self-same time, might cause you to stagger too. Don't be too harsh with the man who sins, or pelt him with word or stone, unless you are sure, yea doubly sure, that you have no sins of your own. For you know, perhaps if the tempter's voice should whisper as softly to you, as it did to him when he went astray, it might cause you to falter too. Many times we fail to extend forgiveness to another person because we are judging them harshly and we're too immature or short-sighted to see their point of view. I remember my own two boys. They're grown now, but when they were young, they used to get into quite a few squabbles. And Stephen was about four years younger than Ben, and he came running to me one day, and I can still remember him coming to me. And he said, Ben hit me for no reason. And I said, for no reason? And he said, yeah, for no reason. So I went to Ben and I said, why did you hit Stephen? And he said, because he pushed me down. So I turned to Stephen and I said, why did you push him down? And Stephen said, because he threw my truck across the room for no reason. And I said to Ben, why did you throw his truck across the room? And Ben said, because he drove his truck through my game. So I said to Stephen, why did you drive your truck through his game? And he said, because he wouldn't let me play. So I turned to Ben and I said, why wouldn't you let him play? And he said, because he's too little. And I looked at the game that Ben was playing and I realized, yeah, that game was beyond Stephen's ability. And I could understand why Ben wouldn't let him play. But I could also understand Stephen's frustration. But as a result of their immaturity and how they handled the situation, it escalated into an all-out slugfest. We see it in our children all the time, and we think, oh, if Ben had only been old enough to realize Stephen really did want to play, and yes, he may not have been able to play to the level that Ben would have wanted him to, but if Ben could have been mature enough, and of course it was beyond him as a child, but if he could have been old enough to say, 
you know, Steve, you can play, and adjusted the game to his level. Or if he had been able to say, hey, let's not play this game, let's play something else that they both could have played. That could have resolved the issue. Or if Stephen hadn't reacted in the way that he did. If somehow there could have just been some understanding, some forgiveness extended to the other person. But you know, we see it through our own eyes. We focus on our own needs and our own desires that it causes us to ignore the feelings of the other person. You know, Jesus addressed this very thing in the scripture over and over again. He gave a parable one time in Matthew chapter 20. And he said, The kingdom of heaven is like a landowner who went out early in the morning to hire laborers for his vineyard. And that he agreed with the laborers for a denarius a day. And then he sent them out into the vineyard. But as he saw how they were progressing and realized that he needed more workers, at the third hour he went back to the marketplace and he hired some more. And he said, come work in my vineyard and I'll give you what's right. And so they went. And again, he saw that there wasn't enough. So he went back at the sixth hour. Then he went back at the ninth hour and back at the 11th hour. And each time he hired more workers as the day progressed. And to these workers, he said, I'll give you what's right. So at the end of the day, he went to pay all the workers. And so the workers that worked just one hour at the end of the day, he gave them a denarius. And as he went down the line, he gave each of the workers a denarius for their labor. And when he got to the ones that he'd hired at the beginning of the day, the scripture says that they thought, being they had worked all day, that he would have given them more. But he gave them a denarius. And they complained. They said, why are you giving these other ones a denarius when we've worked hard all day? And the landowner replied and said, didn't you agree to work all day for denarius? I gave you what I agreed to. Why are you so upset? Because I've extended mercy to these other workers. I'm doing you no wrong. He says, take what's yours and go your way. But I wish to give this last man the same as I gave to you. He said, is it not lawful for me to do what I wish with my own things? Or is your eye evil because I'm good? You know, this is hard for us to get our minds around because we keep thinking fairness, what's fair, what's fair. And Jesus is saying, what's right? What's right? He gives this parable to say, this is what the kingdom of God is. Sometimes people don't get what they deserve. They get more than they deserve. God is always just to give us what he tells us. But sometimes he's just gracious to someone else to bless them abundantly. And should we get all upset about that? Should we hold resentment towards God because he's kind? You know, this is exactly the attitude that was portrayed by the older brother in the parable of the prodigal son in Luke 15. The younger son asks for his inheritance. He goes off. He lives a wanton life. He wastes all his living. And finally, he has no money. He's eating the slop that they feed the pigs. And finally, he decides he'll return home to his father. So he comes home to his father and he says, I'm not worthy to be called your son. Just make me as one of your hired servants. But the father says, no, no, you were lost, but now you're found. And he asks for the robe to be brought and a ring to be brought and to kill the fatted calf. And let's have a big celebration. But when the elder son comes back and he sees that the father has received the younger son, the scripture says he gets angry and he wouldn't go into the party. And then the father comes out and pleads with him and says, why are you so upset about this? 
Your brother that was lost has now come home. This is a day we should be happy and make merry. And he says to the son, Listen, all that I have belongs to you. But why are you upset? Because I have shown mercy to your brother. I tell you, these principles need to weigh into our heart when we think about this whole aspect of forgiveness. We need to have a gracious heart, a forgiving heart. We need to realize that everybody in God's sight is valuable regardless of what they have done and the sins that they have committed. I received an email not too long ago and it says this and it really illustrates this point. It says a well-known speaker started off his seminar by holding up a $20 bill. In a room of 200 he asked, who would like this $20 bill? Hands started going up. He said, I'm going to give this $20 to one of you, but first let me do this. And he proceeded to crumple the dollar bill up. He then asked, who still wants it? Still the hands were up in the air. Well, he replied, what if I do this? And he dropped it on the floor. And he started to grind it into the floor with his shoes. He picked it up, now crumpled and dirty. Now who still wants it? Still the hands went into the air. My friends, you have all learned a very valuable lesson, he said. No matter what I did to the money, you still wanted it because it did not decrease in value. It was still worth $20. He goes on to say, Many times in our lives we are dropped, crumpled, and ground into dirt by decisions we make and the circumstances that come our way. We feel as though we are worthless, but no matter what has happened or what will happen, you will never lose your value in God's eyes. To Him, dirty or clean, crumpled or finely creased, you are still priceless to Him. Isn't that a great illustration? I tell you, we need to realize that every person in this world is incredibly precious to the Lord. In Psalm 17 and verse 8, it tells us that we are the apple of His eye. We need to extend forgiveness one towards the other. You know, we find it in the Bible, in the lives of the patriarchs of the Old Testament, Daniel and Nehemiah. Both of these men, as they come before the Lord in prayer, they begin to pray a prayer of repentance for their nation. And they say, oh God, we have sinned. We have missed what you wanted. Father, forgive us. Don't keep your mercy from us. Lord, please restore us to what you want us to be as a nation. Now, if you read the lives of Nehemiah and Daniel, both of these were godly men. It doesn't say anywhere that they had sinned. But in their prayer, they identify with the sins of the nation. And they say, we have sinned. We have fallen short. We have not obeyed your ways. Now, when we look at the personal lives of Daniel and Nehemiah, as far as we can see in the Bible, they had obeyed God's word. But they're praying and they said, we have sinned. We have fallen short. Why? Because they knew the value of the people to God and they identified with the people and they begin to pray a prayer of repentance for them. God wants us to have this same attitude of forgiveness towards other people that we would actually pray prayers of repentance for them on their behalf. I know that God wants to give us this heart of forgiveness, but to express it we need to get past our own immaturity the focus on our own lives and begin to have the heart of the Father towards other people. I am asking that God would give me a greater heart of forgiveness towards others. And I pray for each one of you that may be listening today that you would pray that same prayer. Father, do 
Put your heart of forgiveness in us. Transform us, Lord. Let us be your instrument in this world to extend mercy and grace. Take away our own judgmental spirit and a hard heart that does not want to see other people forgiven. Lord, I sincerely ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. We'll be back tomorrow. I'm Ken Miles. Bye for now. Before I go, the material I'm covering now on the program is from my book, Is There More to Life Than Living? It is available for purchase on Amazon or from the church office. Get it for yourself or to pass on to a friend. Life in Balance is a ministry of KW Christian Fellowship. We are located at 1000 Bleams Road in Kitchener. But as you know, we are not meeting there right now due to the coronavirus. Instead, we are streaming our Sunday service online starting at 10.30. Go to our website at kwcf.org to check out all the details. We are living through difficult times right now, but the Bible tells us to cast all of our care on Him, for He cares for us. So till next time, let God keep your life in balance.